Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. I'll tell you truthfully, we don't have tremendous fights. We should have world record setting fights, but we really don't. We get along very well and there's not a lot of disagreement because ultimately Ivana does exactly as I tell her to do. (laughs) (laughs) See, wait a minute. I'm gonna shove in it. Right, right, men, is that right? (laughs) From Mamma Mia, hi, I'm Claire Murphy. Welcome to the Quickie, getting you up to speed daily. That was the President of the United States talking about his first wife, Ivana. While that was in the 1980s, his issues with women go further back than that. Since running for the top job in 2016, he's been accused by women of being sexually inappropriate, of touching, kissing and even forcing himself on them. Today, we speak to one of the authors of a new book tracking Trump's behaviour and relationships with women from his upbringing to his pageants, his marriages and his presidency telling us whether any of it will affect his job as the leader of the free world and whether he is, in fact, a sexual predator. Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move, and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. More than 100 people were interviewed for the new book All the President's Women, Donald Trump and the Making of a Predator the authors detailing Trump's relationships with women, both public and private, finding that the accusations of him being sexually inappropriate aren't occasional or accidental, but are in fact regular and widespread. They found that Trump has repeatedly and systematically engaged in the aggressive sexual pursuit of women over many decades, and his alleged behaviour followed recognisable patterns, one of those being a preference for young models. We've already heard about his dealings with porn star Stormy Daniels, Trump's lawyer Michael Cohen paying her $130,000 in hush money to not reveal the affair she'd had with the soon-to-be president while his election campaign was underway in 2016. She says she feared for her life during this time. I was in a parking lot going to a fitness class with my infant daughter and a guy walked up on me and said to me, leave Trump alone, forget the story. And then he leaned around and looked at my daughter and said, it's a beautiful little girl, it'd be a shame if something happened to her mom. And then he was gone. Despite evidence that Donald Trump was fully aware of everything that went down with Stormy, he's never faced any charges. There was then the video of him describing how he treats women. And when you're a star, they let you do it. You can do anything. Whatever you want. Grab them by the pussy. (laughs) can do anything. Which he dismissed as locker room talk. That was locker room talk. Uh, I'm not proud of it. I am a person who has great respect for people, for my family, for the people of this country. 
and still he was voted in by the American public. He's even been accused of sexual assault, Elle magazine columnist E. Jean Carroll claiming the now president once attacked her in the change rooms of a department store, forcing himself inside her. The minute I was in there, he shut the door and pushed me up against the wall and bang, bang my head on the wall and kissed me. I just, it was so shocking. He put his shoulder against me to hold me against the wall. And at that point, I realized that I was in a very difficult situation. Did he say anything? No. He wrote off the incident, saying she's not his type. She has now filed a defamation suit against the president. Her lawyer saying nobody is entitled to conceal acts of sexual assault behind a wall of defamatory falsehoods and deflections. So how did Donald Trump become this man? What has shaped him to treat women as something to be bought, as something to be used for his own selfish purposes, as nothing more than a servant to his needs? One of the authors of the book is Monique Alfazi, who, along with colleague Barry Levine, uncovered 43 new allegations of sexual misconduct by President Trump. Monique, we can often trace back how men view women by how they were brought up. Can we see that with Donald Trump? What was his family life like as a child? Absolutely. His parents had a very traditional gendered relationship and that his father went out and was the breadwinner. And Donald Trump says in one of his autobiographies that his mother was the ideal woman because she cooked and cleaned in darn socks and did charity work. And he also commended her because she understood that her husband's work took precedence. And if he had to run out of the house for an emergency, she would never complain. So, you know, he had these very antiquated role models. And then he went off to an all-male military academy for high school, and there were no girls there. And so his classmates say that they really learned about women from Playboy magazine. And one of his classmates that we spoke to said, you know, I was the same way. And then when I left school, I realized that that was not the right way to be relating to women. But Trump seems never to have changed. He seems to still be living in that idea of what women are, what an ideal woman is. Now, looking at his public relationships as opposed to the private ones, they're just as fascinating if you look at both of them. And the book does take you through his marriages and his affairs. But when he married Ivana, his first wife, he never seemed to really try very hard to keep his affairs out of the spotlight, did he? It's almost like he wanted his mistresses to be known and seen. I mean, I think maybe not in the beginning, but yes, after a while. And she talks about how she really deliberately turned a blind eye to it. And she talks about falling out with a famous New York gossip columnist who first said, have you heard the rumors? And she said, how dare you? People are very good at ignoring what they don't want to see. Now, one of the people you spoke to mentioned that when Trump broke up with his first wife and they started their separation proceedings, that that's a moment where his relationship with women really started to change much more for the worse? Yeah, that was Barbara Ress who worked with him. And she said that really was a turning point for him. And he started to talk about women in incredibly objectifying terms in really inappropriate places. She talks about having a meeting with an architect and he just starts going off on how hot the girls in Marina Del Rey, California are and how great their bodies are. I mean, she said it really to her who was with him for a long time, she saw a marked change in him. And I will say that when he was first with Ivana, we found this trove of pictures on the internet that somebody had found in in a suitcase in a thrift shop in Palm Beach. And there are all these photos of Trump and Ivana early, early on in their marriage. And they are adorable. You know, you look at them and they look like 
you know, my parents' pictures from that era. And you just think, I mean, yes, he had these attitudes. You know, a lot of people grow up with attitudes and then realize they need to change them. And it seemed like with Ivana, he had this chance to change and then just didn't, just in fact became worse. Speaking of worse, and there are some more accusations that come to light in your book that Donald Trump has been involved with underage women and that these pageants that he's so closely involved in, and then he bought, of course, the Miss Universe pageant, but that these pageants in effect have become a place where he can do what he wants with the women involved. Yeah, they were like his private hunting ground. Eventually, he started his own modeling agency and, as you said, bought his own beauty pageant and really exercised what he called his owner's prerogative. He would just walk backstage when the girls were changing. You know, there were different pageants. Some were adults and some were teenagers. We talk about a power imbalance being part of this sort of sexual dynamics, and I can't think of a bigger power imbalance than older, powerful men and young teenage girls who are in a city often without any kind of parent or supervision and it's competitive and they're just really easy prey for these men, even the girls that weren't so afraid of him. There's no way for that kind of relationship to be consensual. The girls were just too young. And actually you found, you know, the comments that he made on the bus that were recorded and then released to the media about him grabbing women without their consent. He, he wrote that off as just locker room talk. But you spoke to people in this book that say that that is not locker room talk and in fact it had happened to them. Yeah, we spoke to one woman who had never come forward before, a woman named Karen Johnson, who said that when she saw that tape, she said to herself, oh my God, that's exactly what he did to me. And she was at a party. This is when Trump was still dating Melania before they were married. She was there with her husband and another relative. And she was walking to the bathroom and he grabs her literally there, you know, in the genitals in the front and pushed her against a wall behind a tapestry and kissed her. Is it literally just the money and the power that's allowed him to get away with this for so long? Because how many women have come forward now and accused him of doing sexually inappropriate things to him and yet none of this mud sticks? I do think it's the power and the money. I also think we live in a culture where he's certainly not an anomaly. We had Weinstein, we had Bill Cosby, we had Matt Lauer. We live in a culture where men, powerful men, are able to do these kinds of things with apparent impunity. I also think that among Trump's supporters, there's a weird admiration for that kind of behavior. There's a chapter in the book about evangelical Christians and their support of him. And somebody, one of the women I interviewed said to me, she said, you know, the thing is, a lot of these men, she thinks that they kind of said to themselves, if I wasn't a Christian, that's what I would be doing. You know, I would be surrounded by porn stars and playboy bunnies. And so there's a weird kind of admiration for that sort of you know, masculinity, if that's what you want to call it, but that kind of stereotypical masculinity. I'd love to talk about Melania because I've seen a lot of footage of them when they were first together and they first got married and they do genuinely seem into each other. But as his presidency goes on, she seems more and more distant, more and more unwilling to be involved in her first lady duties. Are we seeing that relationship break down now? And is there any suggestion that he's continuing to have affairs on the side now? Because it seems like he's been doing it with every marriage that he's had so far. And this is his, what, third marriage? If you look at the totality of these stories and you see the patterns, they started in his 30s and they've continued up until, you know, his, his he announced his candidacy. I have, I see no reason to believe that suddenly the man has changed dramatically overnight. As for Melania, you know, I have never met her. So I, it's anything I say about their relationship is speculation. 
it does seem to me that they have a somewhat transactional relationship. There was one time when she was speaking to a business school class and somebody asked her, do, would you be with your husband if he wasn't rich? And she said, do you think he would be with me if I wasn't beautiful? You know, there, there does seem to be an understanding that they serve each other's purposes. And let's not forget, Melania was a model. She wasn't doing very well. She was, according to friends, about to throw in the towel and return to, to her home country in Slovenia. And when right when she met Trump and she married him, and now she's living in the lap of luxury with her family there, you know, she gets a lot from that marriage. And if she were to end that marriage, she would lose all of that. Just finally, do you see this part of Trump's life, the the treatment of women, the way he interacts with women, do you see that at all being or playing a role in ending his presidency or are we just so okay with it now that it's happened so many times, it's not even a blip on the radar? I would love to say that I think it's going to play a role in ending his presidency, but in all honesty, I don't. Americans really need to think long and hard about why is it that women are valued so little that we can have you know, a self-avowed sexual assaulter in the White House, and it doesn't matter. With a potential impeachment and an election on the horizon, Trump may not be in the White House for much longer. But the fact that so many women sacrificed so much to tell their stories and still not see any consequences, we have to ask ourselves, why wasn't that enough? This episode of The Quickie was produced by Ellie Beattie, Audio production by Ian Camilleri. For more episodes, head to mamamia.com.au forward slash the quickie.